What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Really cool episode. I'm going to take you through the estimates that I did. I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram. I had Eric with Pathfinder Marketing visit me. We did a ride around. He came and kind of went through my estimate process, and it was a little surprising, the results. And you're going to hear about it in this episode. So I'm excited to see what you think. If you have any feedback on this, hit me up on Instagram at Contractor Coach. Um, would love to hear your feedback. Would love to connect with you. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Listen, yesterday was an awesome day. Actually, I had uh, Eric with Pathfinder Marketing. He came down uh, to come see me, and he did a ride-along with me. And uh, we set up four estimates to do. And, uh, man, it was great, you know. But, man, it was an eye-opener. Let's put it this way. We went 0 for 4. And I have no shame in saying that. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to be able to relate, you know, when we hear frustrations from our clients and coaching sessions and what Eric does and what I do, and we always, you know, we're trying to help, you know, that's, that's always number one, but we hear the frustrations behind not closing deals. And it's easy from the coach's chair to be like, do this, do that, do this, do that. When in reality, sometimes you just can't close it. <laughs> and when you have a streak of those, you can get a little uh, a little skewed in terms of your outlook of how sales actually works and how it goes. So I have some takeaways that I want to share with you um, because going 0 for 4 on the day of the estimate is, is one thing. But going 0 for 4 after you do the estimates is another. So let's start off with, I'm going to take you through each estimate and I want, I want to help you see, um, how valuable the process is, you know, and if you don't follow the process, you're going to miss out, you know, leaders capitalize on opportunity. And I want you to understand that just because it was a no on the day of the estimate, if you're doing in-home sales, it's not going to be a no in the future. So that's why in that's why doing the estimate on the spot is so valuable because, you have really expressed everything you need to express and you got the feedback that you need. So you have a powerful follow-up afterwards, right? So in other words, like if you're going to a house, looking at it and just shooting out an email, you have missed the opportunity to handle that objection or to see what the objection was. So if you don't sell a job on the spot, then at the very least, you need to understand why. Like that has to be at least something that you walk away with. To me, that's the next best thing to currency being in my hand is the reason why or what they thought the budget was going to be, right? So the, at least at the very least, you want to leave with one of those two things. So the first estimate him and I went to, uh, it was a new construction house. And this is the fault of my admin in my office. I love her to death, but um, you know, she answers the phones. She does some intake for us. 
and she <laughs> she took on this new construction job, which we don't do. But it was the exterior, and there was just a lot of caulking and filling. But the majority of the job is something that we could do. So for the sake of just you know wanting to do the do the full process, we did it. And going through the process with this couple, you know, the big thing that I noticed is like. The husband is a trim carpenter, so he's a he's a DIY man, does it all himself. And this is the one thing that he's subbing out. You know, he's building the house, and he does not want to paint the exterior. Um, so, you know, obviously emphasizing the value of paying us was one of the big things. But, you know, emphasizing time, right? It's a new construction house. They want this thing done. So as him and I are going through the sales process, you know, we're talking about you know, how quickly we're going to be able to get it done to the standard of which we're going to do it. It's their forever home. So we're going to you know, treat it with love and care and have four team members there and, you know, building the value, building the relationship, laughing, you know, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of great rapport built. Uh, his wife was heavily involved in the decision-making process. I could tell that she was the one asking the tough questions. And when it came down to pricing, we sat in the car, came up with the price. If you guys aren't using my uh, pricing calculator, that's what we used to come up with the price. And for legitimacy, I got the little wheelie and I wheeled around the house, figured out all the wall space of this of the structure to identify as close as possible how much paint we're going to need. So really just wanted to create that super legitimate experience um, and you know narrow down the price perfectly. So what we did was we came up with three prices. The lowest of which was ninety nine ninety five, uh, and that was at a forty percent margin. The second price was ten four. No, no, no. The second price was ten eight at forty five percent, and then the opening price was eleven five at fifty percent margin. So that's another thing. Those of you who listen to this, you should have three prices for every job. I know that sounds crazy, but for me, everything is negotiable. Any painting contractor or any other contractor listening to this would 1,000% accept the job at a 40% profit margin, would 1,000% accept the job at a 45% profit margin, and would 1,000% accept the job at a 50% profit margin, okay? Once we start getting below 30, obviously that's when the red flags raise, but, you know, this is this is the game of sales. So looked at Eric, I said, listen, we're going to go in at 11.5, and, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens, you know? So I go out there, got the iPad. Of course, we built the quote with drip jobs. Got the iPad, beautiful presentation, looks great. Customer goes, okay, great. So I have an estimate scheduled tomorrow at one and the next day at four. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, she's really passionate about these estimates. So I didn't just, you know, back down. I said, hey, listen, just curious. Are you the type of person that will not make a decision no matter what this price is? without getting estimates? She said, absolutely. I've been burned before. Estimates help me gauge what the pricing is. I have no clue what this should cost, and I'm not making a decision until I get more estimates. And what I learned is in that scenario, and, and of course, you know, I have a little leisure because we're about six weeks out, and part of me didn't even really want this job because it's just how much work it was and what it would have done to my team. But, you know, in the sake of just having someone with you in a ride along, you know, you want to push the needle a little bit. But part of me was like, we've built so much rapport here. There's no one that's going to come out here and be this professional. Everything that we were saying to them, they were, you know, it felt like they were eating out of the palm of our hand in terms of just likability. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like the last thing I want to do in this situation is try to negotiate because I have, I could totally feel that no matter what I did. And I even said it, I said, you know, even if I negotiate with you, are you still going to get more prices? She said, absolutely. You know, because to her, this customer specifically, it wasn't about the price. It was just making sure that whatever she did pay was fair and she didn't know what to pay. And I knew that because when I asked them earlier if they had ever hired a painting contractor before, they said no. Her husband always did it, right? So for them, they have a different view of home service, right? And it's kind of taboo to them. They're used to doing everything themselves. And then when it comes time to pay for things, I could see why they're skeptical. So I backed down from this one. I didn't press. I didn't negotiate. I didn't try to sell it. And for me, I think it was the smart move. I'm going to hold firm at my 50% price, knowing the difficulty of this job. I'm okay if they don't move forward. And chances are, I think they are going to move forward, to be honest, at the price that I want to sell it for instead of saying, hey, I could do it for 10 4 if you book with me today. Well, that might even create an unhappy customer because if I did kind of persuade them to do that, then the whole time she's going to wonder if she got a good deal or not. So takeaway number one, if you have done everything up until that point, perfect. And you get somebody that is adamant about getting quotes, like adamant. And let me explain to you the difference between adamant and bluffing, okay? Because listen, we all get that objection. I'm going to get more quotes. I'm not saying back down every time you hear it. I've sold plenty of jobs with people that have said that. But there's a difference between being very general about that and being very specific. Let me give you an example. Mrs. Jones, here's your quote. This is what it'll be if you want us to come out. And they go, okay, all right, well, I still need to get a couple more quotes. Oh, okay. So that means that after seeing that price that scared you so much, you want to go get more quotes. Oh, okay, so that means you can get, you got to go source contractors, schedule appointments, right? So that's somebody that isn't serious about getting more quotes in terms of finding out of whether or not they're getting a good price. That's someone that's just scared of your price. And you need to learn how to decipher the difference. The second one, in this case, this lady, she said, well, I have a quote tomorrow at two, and I have one the next day at four or whatever. So I could tell that like she's very serious about these quotes and she's specific about them. And again, it would be silly to negotiate with someone like that because no matter what I do, that's not what she wants. She wants just to know she's getting a good deal. And she doesn't know that until she gets more quotes. So takeaway number one, there are some people that are going to get more quotes no matter what. If you've done everything up until that point perfect, you should leave that, that opportunity feeling empowered. But here's the cool thing. And this is what I was talking to you guys about the part of the process where you get an opportunity to feel that pushback, right? So in other words, like if I just emailed this lady a quote, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to hear how valuable getting those quotes were to her, right? So on the follow-up, obviously she said her last quote, which would be today at four. So I can call it five o'clock. And at that point, now I can negotiate if I want to. Okay, because she has all the information she needs. And when I say she has all the information she needs, I don't just mean she has the prices of these other contractors. She has their tonality. She has the feeling that they gave her when they were at the house. She has 
the skill sets that they may possess or not possess. So again, being a confident salesperson, it's like, okay, get those quotes. I'm going to call you and we're going to talk about them if I really want your business. Right? So that's the leverage that I have. Okay. Cause I was first. And then of course I know when to call and it might even be wise for you to say, okay, well, when would be the best time for me to follow up with you? And that gives you kind of the opportunity to to get some sort of commitment to where they're going to be looking forward to your call and they're actually going to listen to you on the phone because you've agreed to call and you were, you know, polite about it. So that was takeaway number one. That was a really good one because Eric and I were both like, man, like there's no way I would negotiate with this lady, you know, just be a waste of money. <laughs> so not everyone is negotiable. That's number one. All right. So second estimate, oh man, this one was tough because I had actually nurtured this one for a little over a week because I wanted to land it on the day Eric was coming. So I called her a few times, you know, and just kind of like, she sounded like such a sweet lady, you know, and I'm like, oh, this one's a lock, you know, like based on my previous experiences, like this, this type of customer is a lock, old lady, husband, um, you know, they've been in the house for 20 years. They want to freshen it up, you know, the whole story. So I get there and she says at the door, hey, my husband's sick, so he won't be engaging with us today. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, no, like that's not good, you know. But I obviously my first concern was like, oh, I hope he's OK, you know. And then second concern was like, that's not good for sales, you know, when when we only got one wing of the uh, the airplane. So Eric and I were like, all right, well, let's keep hitting it. You know, so we go in there always asking what's the story, you know, what is the uh, what is the story? What is the reason we're doing this? Want to freshen it up and. Then she tells me that she's moving. This is where the curveball was. Because whenever I hear that someone's moving initially, and you guys hear me on hear me on this podcast, is like, hey, we got to get this done quick. So immediately I'm shifting gears. I'm like, all right, great. So, you know, before we move any further, I just want to let you know the earliest we can get in here would be within two weeks. So a normal customer would be like, oh, that's amazing. It's perfect. All right. So then I'm checking the box, building that rapport. And she goes, Oh, well, I don't need this done until the end of September. So I'm like, what? That was super confusing for me. And Eric looked at me. I'm like, whoa, that was that was like, okay, all right. So you're not really in a rush or and then we kind of like breezed over that. And then I was like, all right, well, you know, let's do a walkthrough. And then she was like, Oh, I want flat paint on the walls. I'm like, oh, like, do you want do you want satin? Like typically we do satin, it comes out a lot better. And no, 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 I want flat. I'm like, okay, all right, no problem. Do you have you chosen a color? Uh she's like, Yeah, I just kind of want like a like a white. And I'm like, all right, well, did you want to do like bright white on the ceilings and bright white on the trim? She's like, no, no, no. I want to do the same color on the ceiling walls and trim. And I'm like, well, if you're selling the house, like, you know, you probably want to do it this way just because in my experience, you know, it looks really appealing. It looks really good. You know, we can offer you a free color consultation if you're having trouble. She's like, no, I don't want bright white. And I'm like, why aren't you selling the house? Like, she was like, no, well, we're living here for another year. Because if we do something with our mortgage, we don't have to pay closing costs. And then I'm thinking like, whoa, like now I'm like way off track, right? Like, and there was actually like this little bit of pushback from this lady. And I'm like, this is the total opposite of what I need to create right now. This lady and I, I feel like I'm arguing with this lady about time frame and colors. Like what else are, you know? So that was like really weird. And then I'm like, all right, well, no problem. Like, we'll do it all the same color. Like, do you want your doors in freaking trim flat, you know, like two? Or can I, can I put some semi-gloss on them, you know? And uh, anyway, so I go there and the husband's on the couch, right? And uh, super sweet man, you know, he was very, very friendly. He's like, oh, I'm just not feeling well. And then I found out that the gentleman had cancer. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like really struggling here. And like, 
And at this point, I'm like, dude, Eric, we are not like in my in, the, in my head. I'm like, we are not pushing these people to make a decision. Like, there's just certain scenarios where like you do not want to push people, you know. And in this scenario, I'm not going to press this lady because her husband's like out of it, you know. And like, I don't, I just it just didn't feel right, right? So, you know, ethics in sales is really important. That's <laughs> that's number two here. And it was just one of those feelings like I can resonate with that. Like maybe she's just really stressed out. Like after. I found out that he had cancer because he, he had said something about his cancer medicine kicking in. Like, it helped me understand. Maybe this lady's under a lot of stress. Maybe she's not thinking straight. You know, maybe she deals with more than I could possibly imagine. And uh, for me, that was really just like, oh, okay, all right. She's not like super tough and like giving me a hard time. Maybe she's just stressed out, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be that salesperson in that moment, right? So, that was a, that was an interesting one. That was an eye opener for me, you know, just not just gone in for the sale, but I did want to make sure that I did my job. So again, you know, we got, we, we regained our balance. We, we emphasized all the value points. We found out what was really important. And then I asked him a, a really important question. I said, you know, one of the first things he said to me that when I walked in was that you plan on getting three quotes, um, you know, what, what, where did that come from? Have you had a bad experience before? And the husband actually, him, he was laying on the couch. He actually was like, listen, we'll be honest with you. We have been here for X amount of years. We have not met a contractor worth a damn. And he's like, the guys who did the concrete did this. The guys who do the lawn care did this. And I'm like, these people have been through a lot of contractor pain. You know, so I said, listen, you know, I want to be the one contractor that you look back on and say, that was a legitimate company. And even just right there, when he heard me say that, looked him right in the eyes, like I could see, like I got the nod of approval, you know, and it's like, that was important, you know, and again, asking the right questions, right? So when we presented the price, I obviously did not press her to make a decision. I said, would you like to move forward? I did always ask, you know, and she said, no, 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 I, I need to get my other quotes. And, you know, my husband's not feeling well. And I'm like, all right, we're not going to have you go into the room and, you know, be my mediator. <laughs> um, so at that point though, I did notice when Eric and I went outside to do the quote that her house needed to be pressure washed. It was really bad. And the front porch could use a coat of stain. And I said, listen, I want to do something for you. I said, I want to earn your business, number one. But number two, I want to make you feel like you're getting an amazing deal. I looked at the outside of your house it could really use a pressure wash, especially if you plan on selling it. Even though it's going to be a year from now, it'll still last, especially with how long it's been. Not only that, I want to do a nice coat of stain on your front porch. And she goes, how, well, how much is that going to cost me? I said, listen, if you allow me to earn your business, I'll give you till Monday. I will do both of those free of charge for you. And I stuck out my hand and I shook her hand and I said, please let me know by Monday. And I could see that that little bit was one of those things where it was like, okay, you know, like to us, maybe what, 300 bucks to her pulls up to her house every day, walks into that front door, sees not only a dirty house and a front porch that needed to be stained. So I left her with something. I gave her a reason to remember me. I gave her a reason for me. Well, I gave myself a reason for me to call and say, hey, listen, remember I told you about the pressure wash and the front porch? Well, my offer's still good. Are you ready to move forward? Today's the last day I can offer that for you, right? So instead of like leaving thinking, man, what could I have done differently? I always want to leave with something. So in that case, that's what I did. So that was number two. And again, just situationally, wow, you know, very emotionally charged, but still pretty good. So number three, I let Eric do it. And this one was like 
oh my god this one's weird um but he did really well so we went in and those of you who know the game like you get these customers first of all the big red flag is that they wanted like the color red on baseboards in certain rooms and black on the walls and like red accents and like you know crazy colors man and it wasn't even the whole house it was like three bedrooms four bedrooms and a little loft it was incredibly difficult to price but i just came up with a daily price and then multiplied it by two of what i would charge for two days worth of work made it super easy i wasn't gonna like you know go crazy on the pricing here um but again the interesting thing was is that there were two people that answered the door one person was extremely engaged when we went to go do our pricing the person who was like interacting with us which seemed to be the person that was going to be paying for this job he's like all right i gotta go to work and he left so we're presenting the price to someone that's not even going to be making the financial decision she told us she's like well i need to talk to him he's the one paying for it great so um you know again like you know when <laughs> situationally right you got you know these three estimates i'm thinking man these this is crazy and i know some of us run into this and what i need you to know is that this is a game of the law of averages what we are looking for are are a few things number one our ideal job and number two our ideal customer and eric and i both looked at each other after that he did a great job presenting and i said you know this is all about reps like and when i tell people to invest in marketing or when eric obviously does marketing and he and he pushes people on it it's like you need as many opportunities of that as possible you need to number one get reps in your presentation you need to get reps in asking the right questions you need to get reps in feeling out different personalities and people you need to get reps in presenting a quote you need to get reps in asking for the sale you need to get reps in reading the room you need to get reps in again all of these things and he mentioned to me he said you know, Tanner, some people tell me, well, they only want their bedroom painted and they don't even go to the estimate. Right. And I'm thinking, dude, that's the biggest mistake you can make. You're missing out on a rep, right? You're missing out on a rep to learn how to upsell. You're missing out on a rep to learn how to gauge whether or not that customer is, is, you know, malleable, right. Can be swayed to do more work than just a bedroom. And if they just get the bedroom, cool. You have a little bedroom to paint, maybe a filler. Right. So the mindset is, is that in the beginning of your business, if you're doing under $750,000 in a year, like every opportunity is an opportunity to get better. So even though this one wasn't ideal, we still priced it, we presented it, we emailed it, came out to 3,400 bucks, still a good, decent job, right? Come with the follow-up, hey, has your son had a chance to look at it, right? So again, maybe it wasn't the ideal one, but gonna be authentic here and say, we're 0 for 3 right now. <laughs> All right, so number four, um, this one was probably the best one because she heard about my company from church friend had her house painted. I want to talk about this one because it's really important. Okay. Interesting scenario. She's moving out of this house, moving into a new one. She wants both of them painted. Obviously the new one can't be touched until she closes. The one she's in now is full of furniture. And when I walk in there, obviously what's the story? Oh, we're moving. Okay, great. Have you chosen colors yet for this? You know, no, I haven't yet. I mean, just want something neutral. Perfect. Obviously, time frame is of the essence. When do you want this done? Oh, I want it done on this day. And uh, can you help me with that? I said, yes, absolutely. We have an opening. Great. All right. So what do you want done? All right. We can do ceiling, walls, trim, and doors. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I, I kind of want the trim done and I kind of want the ceiling done. You know, obviously all the walls. And I'm thinking in my head, like, it's going to be like eight grand to 10 grand. And I'm thinking, 
I know that this lady doesn't want to drop all that money on this house. There's no way. So I, I looked at Eric and I'm like, you know, I kind of gave him the, like the shrug. Like, and then I said to the lady, I said, miss, honestly, for this house, just do the walls. I mean, the trim looks fine. The ceiling looks okay. You can just clean the vents. I mean, if you're just renting this house out, I'm sorry. She was renting it out. Sorry, not selling, renting. I said, if you know, just, just do the walls. And she looked at me as if like I was her hero, you know, because she's like, really? You think like, yeah, I'm like, you're going to save thousands of dollars. Let's just do the walls. And then obviously on your new house, we could do everything, you know? And obviously I knew that on the new house, like, yeah, like, of course, maybe we'll get a, a little bit bigger of a job, but really like looking at the best interest of this rental that she's about to put on the market, like just freshen up the walls will do the trick. Right. And like, sometimes you need to downsell in order to make sure that you're doing what's in the best interest of your customer. Like if you're not selling what's in the best interest of your customer, then you're not really doing a good service. You're just trying to make money. Um, and that was a good one because what it did was it kind of really just built some trust. Like she, she opened up, she was like super talkative and telling us about her new house and like, you know, so when it came time to pricing, her husband wasn't there, you know? And again, this was like a really big eye opener for me. It's like, typically I'm not too worried about both decision makers being there. But I will say that it might be wise for you to try to ensure that. Now, you don't have to, but again, like it just makes things so much easier, you know, in a really easy way. If you're on the phone with a potential customer, it's like, hey, just curious. Like typically we like to do a nice presentation. Um, will both decision makers or I wouldn't say both. I would say like, will all the decision makers, like who's whoever's in charge of making a decision for the project be present? Because um, if like they're single or whatever, you know. So yeah, you could, uh, you could say it like that, but yeah, that might be wise for you. Like, again, I can't even knock that. I can't even say that's not a good thing. Cause it really is like, you know, in some cases it doesn't work out and you just got to do what we did today. Um, uh, but you know, you should always ask but anyway, her, her husband was out of town or whatever. And of course, like that was a big deciding factor. And for me, like I never make people make a decision without their spouse. Like that to me is super important. You know, I'm a husband. I wouldn't want anyone doing that to, uh, to us, you know? So for me, I was like, okay, well, listen, when I presented the price, she said, well, hey, I have a question for you. I said, what? She said, the garage could really use a coat of paint. And I said, oh, okay, let me go look at it. So I looked at it, came back, and this is while we're presenting the price. And I said, hey, listen, all right, so we're at like $36.50. Typically, I would charge you $650 to do that garage. If you let me know within 24 hours, I will do the garage plus the house for an even four grand. So in other words, I'm giving her a reason to call her husband and say, listen, honey, I need you to look at this estimate. I'm going to email it to you. Okay. And that is what we want again. So takeaway number four is to leave, uh, leave them with something. I think that was one of the other takeaways, but whatever you guys get the idea. Okay. So going through the four estimates, number one, not everyone is going to be negotiable. Okay. And you got to understand that again, I had four totally different types of people in in any case, you would think like, man, I would owe for four, but the, the, but the sale is not done, right? I'm going to follow with each one of them. On the first one, I'm going to talk to her about how her estimates went. On the second one, I'm going to ask if she had thought about the opportunity for me to do the pressure wash and the concrete stain and ask her how her husband's feeling. Number three, uh, I really don't want this one, but I'm still going to call and just say, hey, your son had an opportunity to check it out. What did you guys think? And, uh, and number four, I'm going to say, Hey, did you want to take advantage of that, uh, that garage floor discount that I, or garage wall discount that I gave you? And, uh, when you have leverage on your follow-up, it just makes it so much easier, right? If you have nothing to give, what's the incentive money, right? I mean, you could always drop the price. So that's what I got for you. It was a really enlightening day. 
Um, again, 0 for 4 doesn't mean 0 for 4. It means what are you going to do after that, right? Like what is the what are you going to turn that into? And I believe that I'm at least going to get three of those. Again, I don't want that third one. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to at least get three of those for sure. I'm going to call and just build more of a relationship, build off of what I've built. And that is how you do sales. Like you have to understand that opportunity needs to be created and people need to be persuaded. <laughs> that is how sales works. So if you got anything from this, I'd love to hear your feedback. I hope this was helpful. Um, more to come. Definitely want to keep hitting, uh, hitting the sales process and helping you guys convert your leads to sales and helping you, uh, take your business to the next level. So thank you guys for listening to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. And I hope to have you as a guest sometime, maybe on a business breakthrough or as a drip jobs user. Take care. Hey, hey, thanks so much for checking out the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Stick around. I am going to drop in a short testimonial uh, that one of our awesome heavy hitters in drip jobs uh, had agreed to give out for us. So if you want to hear a little bit about how drip jobs is helping contractors, stick around. Uh, for the end of this episode, and you can listen in. What's up, everyone? I'm here with my good friend, Danny V, uh, Atlanta. Um, him and I shared some uh, good time at the PCA Expo, but uh, we've been friends before that. He actually uh, came on a business breakthrough at one point in time. Uh, we went over sales and some other, other good things. Um, he is a very, very uh, professional at this point, Drip Jobs user. You've been using it now for about six, seven months. Um, and you've, you've agreed to do this little spotlight and this is really just to showcase, you know, what it is really, it's a direct help for me so I can continue to, you know, get drip jobs as many people hands as possible, bro. So tell me before you signed up, man, what was the apprehension, um, and did drip jobs exceed your expectations? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I, I didn't have any type of system, any type of, uh, software, so, I had no idea what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, I was just like, hey, um, when I when I read about it, when I heard you talking about it um, through, uh, you know, podcast or through through the group, you know, on Facebook, I was just like, you know, maybe I need to give it a I give it a try. Let me let me try to see what it's all about and if it's worth my investment. So. Uh, you know, I just kind of took that leap, man. And I was like, let's go, let's do it. Now, in retrospect, that was a good question. But now when you look, when you look back, you know, uh, and, and what's going on now, would you say that it's been worth the investment? Oh, man, it's, it's absolutely, man. I mean, without a <laughs> doubt, it that, uh, like I always say, it, it, it totally changed um, the way it changed my life, the business um, and the way I do things. Um, the face of the company, you know, looks more professional, um, keeping everything in, uh, you know, structured, um, organization, yeah. uh, and, and so, you know, just so, uh, it's a friendly user, man. It's easy to use once you get the hang of it. And after that is, hey. you know, it's just easy. Yeah, man. It's cake, <laughs> man. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. And, and, and. I mean, there's so much I can say, man. I definitely encourage people to, to, to really invest in it. It's a really, really good investment for your business. Let me ask you this. Has it helped you sell more jobs? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, so there's a few things that I, um, that I learned, I catch a few things from you as well. Um, so bef uh, before I got drip jobs, I was doing, quotes 
when I got home after a long day of work. <laughs> and now I don't leave the homeowner's uh, house. There you go. With, without me finishing that quote and presenting it to them and potentially selling it. Um, so now I don't come home I love looking that. into doing quotes. So I would say that was one of my biggest things. And I, and, 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 and man, it, it dreaded on me. I'm like, man, I got to go home and do these quotes. Now it's just like, I enjoy doing quotes on the spot. <laughs> I got drip jobs. You know what I mean? It's going to take me 15, 20 minutes, do this quote and let's sell it. And, I don't and the customers love, customers love that. Don't they? Oh, absolutely. They're Even like, if it's oh, a high price, but they just love the idea. Like when you tell them like, oh, I'm going to go in the car and work up your quote for you. They're like, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They were, they were like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I'll be right back. I'm just getting in my truck, work the quote out. We're going to discuss it. And I've been able to get more jobs. Definitely. Uh, 100%. Selling them on the spot. 100%. It's going to happen. So we wanted to make it. So do you have people, are you using it on the iPad when you do it? So I always carry, for some reason, I always carry my Mac to do <laughs> that's to good do it while i'm doing it on in my truck and then i take my my ipad with me and have them sign on there Love that. Yeah. and whatnot so i use that's both good. of them that's yeah. good man so yeah. last part of this man you know dude thank you first for for showcasing the value but if you hear if somebody's listening to this and they're like man i just you know i can't see paying 147 dollars a month for software right like to the average consumer in comparison to like Joyce, which is like cheap as dirt, you know, and some of the other things, what would you say to that person about the 147? Man, if to look at it from my perspective, I would be like, Hey man, look at 147 divided by how many jobs you get in the month. <laughs> and before you know it, it's just like, okay, 10 bucks, this goes 10 bucks towards drip jobs. And before you know it, I mean, it's paid within the month. And I mean, literally, you if, or if you want to count one job, you can pay with one job. You can pay drip jobs. To be well, honest honestly, if it's a good size job, you could pay for drip jobs for three years. <laughs> there um, you go. You know, yeah. if, if, if drip jobs picked up a job that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten through maybe an automated message that went out two, three weeks later. Um, there's so much here, man, but Danny, dude, this is great. I think somebody listening to this, uh, probably got some value. You're the man as always one of our biggest drip jobs fans. Uh, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Anytime, man. I, I, I mean, uh, 